The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here this Wednesday evening, or if you're listening on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. Either way, we are glad to hang out here and talk sports with you all on this holiday weekend. A lot of sports festivities going on. Among other things, hopefully you all are, have your stretchy pants handy. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And you know what, Kelsey? We're going to need the stretchy pants, not just for Thanksgiving, but for the, today's episode, because we got a jam-packed one. Yeah, it's a good thing I live in my stretchy pants, because uh, I don't have to go for the emergency stretchy pants, thankfully. Um, I'm already prepared. Uh, is maybe you have boy preparation, however you want to word it. Uh, but I'm here. I am ready to go. I am so excited about this episode. One of my favorite episodes we do every year, um, just because we always have something fun in store. It's always a little bit of something. You're going to get the sports fix along with a little bit of something else. But you know what? We're not going to waste too much time. We're going to go ahead and get right into the tip-off and get things going. And the tip-off, of course, is brought to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek. Use code Belly Sports. Get yourself $20 off for any of your first-time ticket purchases off SeatGeek. So sporting events, concert tickets, whatever you need, get $20 off your first purchase. And for the tip-off, we're going to roll right into some of the big headlines going into this holiday weekend as well. And I think we'll kind of start with that big one coming out of Tallahassee and Florida State. Jordan Travis, uh, his college career seems is coming to an end after a, a gruesome, just a gruesome ankle injury. One that I'm not even thinking about it, my skin's crawling a little bit as well. Scrambling on the play, just gets caught up in not a hip drop tackle, so everyone can stop that nonsense right now. Just that we're not going to get into that BS because that we both agree that idea is BS. But just an unfortunate twist of the ankle, and Jordan Travis's season is done, and it looks it looks like his college career is done as he stated as well too. And for Florida State, we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute what that means for their future aspirations. But I will say that's got that's going to be devastating losing a potential Heisman Trophy, potentially in the running type of guy at your quarterback spot too. Yeah, like I guess we first of all, I mean, you kind of addressed it a little bit. Let's address the giant elephant in the room here. There was nothing wrong with anything that happened to do with the tackle on Jordan Travis. It was a fluke. The man's cleat got stuck underneath him. That's all there is to it. I, I mean, the, he was literally going down. Started to stumble, trying to catch his own balance, and the foot just happened to be underneath him when he landed. That's all there is to that that whole situation. No hip drop t- tackle, no whatever you want to complain about. There was nothing wrong with that tackle. It was just a tough play. I mean, look, those kids from Northern Alabama were trying to win, trying to upset number four team in the nation. Um, so yeah, there's you know going to be some hard hits. There's going to be whatever you want to say, but there was nothing really. Technically, Jordan Travis got pushed over at the end of the play. Like, I mean, that's. How he went down, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's part of why he got injured. So uh, it was a it was a fluke injury. It's something you never wish for or anybody, uh, let alone a kid who has done so much for a program like Jordan Travis has done for Florida State. Because let's not forget, this team was floundering, and I do mean floundering before he took over as as the the leader of that team and really really showed his stuff uh, the last two years and and made Florida State even a competitive team, let alone a possible you know playoff team slash winner of the ACC's ACC potentially um, you know kind of that next team in, in line if you will uh, for the Clemson spot but right now with that injury it's a, it's, it, it sucks um, for, for not just Jordan Travis but Florida State but really I mean focusing on Jordan Travis that's you were playing yourself into contention to be one of the top six seven quarterbacks taken out of this next year next year's draft and now with this injury you're questioning absolutely everything you know, you know, you know, this is your next stop. You know, your next stop is the draft. So everything is preparing for that. But how many teams are going to reach out and take an opportunity with you with metal plates, screws in this ankle? They haven't seen you pr- probably participate because I don't know if we'll be back in time for any sort of pre draft type of routine. Um, and if you are, it's not going to be enough for like most people are literally training for the draft today, even though they're still going through their season. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a tough blow to Jordan Travis, a, a, a kid who has a lot of aspirations for the next level. Um, maybe he was good enough, maybe he wasn't. We don't know right now, and I don't know if we will know. Um, and that's kind of the sad part of this whole thing. I will say, like before the injury, I think he was looking at maybe a second round, maybe a third round grade, somewhere in that range before yeah. the process even started as well. To like a good player with a, t- a lot of a toolsy kid, if you will, but just have to see a little bit more. I think now with this injury, he might not get picked, or if he does, it's a late flyer for someone who's like. He's getting. He's pretty much, for lack of better terms, going to get redshirted next year if he, at the NFL level, just because. Like, he already probably need, wanted to take some time to learn a little bit, but now with this ankle injury, he's not. I don't think he's going to be physically cleared to play until probably a year out, honestly. Well, 
across that modern science is kind of wild, but at least it's a little preseason. He's not going to be able to do much. So I think this definitely hurts that, but I do see the type of kid and player is this is the old, this feels like one of those stories where in like two years he takes over, someone gets hurt and never looks back. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember Jordan Travis. He was cooking back in the day or something like that. So like, this will be one of those where the dudes sit around and just name about players. They taught, they, they watched in college, but this time it'll be a situation where I think it's when he takes over in the NFL. It's like, Oh yeah, he was that dude. And then they, and then they know. Yeah. And here's the thing in an era where we have Mr. Irrelevant, as a starting quarterback, we have a fourth round draft pick in Dakota Prescott leading America's team. One of the goats of all go- goats is a late draft pick in, in Tom Brady. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him being a, a late to maybe undrafted type of player if he gets his opportunity. I think this is the big test, right? This is everybody, every player has a big test in their career. Well, you know, how do you overcome adversity? I look at Cam Newton, he's his adversity being the whole situation in Florida coming back from Blinn College. The dude could have just packed it in and ended up at a mid-level school. He instead goes, blows it up in Blinn College, comes back, ends up at Auburn of all places, and despite the controversy of where he would end up at later on. Um, and, you know, not just leads his team to a Heisman, or leads his team to a national championship, and he went to, and went to Heisman, ends up number one all draft pick, rookie of the year. You know, all these conversations happen because of one piece of adversity. And Jordan Travis, while he's dealt with a lot at time Florida State, this is his one big piece of adversity he's had to deal with. Um, so we'll see how he comes back. I think knowing what you know for Jordan Travis, this is going to be something that's just another stepping stone. Uh, he's going to come back stronger. It's just a matter of when he comes back. Does he get a fair opportunity at the end of the day? And let's just say the NFL is not exactly known for giving fair opportunities, but they are known for comeback stories. So this is kind of one or the other uh, at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, It'll be interesting to see where he ends up at, what, what where this comes back. Um, you know, like like I said, if he gets a fair shot or not. In the NFL, if you if you get an inch, you got to find a way to take a mile and make it count. We'll see yeah. if he can definitely do that. But that's it. We're looking into the future there. Now we got to look into the presence. As Florida State still undefeated, still going to be in the ACC championship game, but they lose their spot in the top four for the college football playoff, bumping down to number five as UW University of Washington moves up to number four. So. Top five, what we're looking at is the same The same characters. That's the only real change is I believe Georgia is at one, Ohio State's at two, Michigan's at three, Washington's at four, if I'm not mistaken. So what we're looking at is the right cast characters with Oregon just on the outside looking in at number six as well. So I stand by it. I still think UW needs to be at, needs to be two or three. I think you need to put – I don't think they should be four. I don't think they should have just crept in. I know it was a tough game in Corvallis against Oregon State. Every game in Corvallis against Oregon State is tough regardless of who you are. By the way, that was the 11th ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. But two of the teams above them have not played it. They've played one ranked team, if you are Michigan, and that was a 15th ranked Penn State, I think it was, 17th, something like that. Your only ranked game of the year. If you're Ohio State, you had two of them. One was number seven Penn State at the time. So that's a that's a quality notch. And then Notre Dame, who was top 10, I believe, I think number 10 yeah. at the time, something like that. Georgia has, I think, two as well, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know one of them was Missouri. I think they had one other one. It's, it's eluding me who they had for ranked wins off the top of my head. But either well, way, what was that? So, so far this season, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, but I know they have at least Missouri who was ranked number 10 at the time too. And so I don't know how Washington still just barely creeps in number four because of Jordan Travis's injury, which is just amazing. You have number 11 on your dock. You had number six on the dock. It was number six when you beat them and it's still oh, number six. Uh, the, Georgia's had three top 25 wins. Okay, cool. Um, so they Missouri, they, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. So I think that makes our case too. Where we even our very first one, the first poll came out. Georgia should should have remained at one. Then moving in general is dumb. Washington should be two or three. I'm gonna say throw Ohio State at two or three, the opposite one. However, if you want to split it, I do whatever. And then number four, I think we're in agreement right now is probably the other one with that Jordan Travis injuries. Florida State kind of slides out of there, unfortunately, as well. But then again, if they win the ACC and they beat Louisville in that ACC championship game. That brings a whole nother conversation at forward. So I think this kind of shakes things up depending on what we see at championship weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think, okay, you look at the top five, I have the same complaint. Why is it Ohio State and Michigan ahead of everybody else? Both of them, um, specifically. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to put one ahead, put Ohio State ahead, put Michigan at number five, I'm still comfortable with that. Florida State, while, yes, you lose Jordan Travis, I mean, you're still undefeated in one of the toughest conferences, top to bottom. Um, while Clemson is not the powerhouse it once was, it has still proven it is better than most ACC and or most uh, 
Big Ten schools. Um, still proven better than Notre Dame. Making Notre Dame's victory, or the victory over Notre Dame, or any victory over Notre Dame, if you're a team with, with a victory over Notre Dame, look worse. Um, so, yeah, I look at Florida State. We'll see what Rotomaker can do um, as the, the guy that's stepping in for Jordan Travis, but I think keeping Florida State at four would have been – I'd been okay with. Um, I get putting them at five. Washington should have never had to jump them to begin with. Um, but yeah, I don't, I still don't like Ohio State, Michigan back to back in this. Okay. I still think it needs to be one of them at three, the other one at six, or the other one at five with the opportunity to move in, just like I believe Washington should have been two, Oregon should have been six, with the opportunity to move in if it, you know, they end up winning the, the title game. Um, that it's just should be how it is. I, I don't get putting them back to back because now you just again you leave the opportunity for a 21-17 game in the big house to result in an Ohio State and Michigan team both making the playoffs just because at the end of the day. Just for prestige worldwide at this point, it yeah. seems like. But I'll also add on to that as well. Florida State does have arguably the best win of those top five teams when they beat number five LSU to kick off the season as well. Obviously, yeah. LSU has dropped a little bit to, I think, 15 with a couple of losses, but Jan Daniels arguably could be the Heisman Trophy front runner if LSU was a little bit better. And you got two 1,000-yard receivers who are probably first-round NFL picks. Like That was no slouch team that they beat that they beat to open up the season. So that's a big win. Maybe hey. – Maybe Washington over Oregon because of where they're at now. You can give the nod to, but every other t- every other ranked win in the top five that might be the second best one. Yeah, I mean, I look at I obviously look at Washington. You know that win over over Oregon being number one so far. But yeah, I think Florida State over what is most people's current front runner in Heisman and Jaden Daniels. You mentioned it. Um, I still don't agree with him being a number one leader in the Heisman race, but I, yeah, I digress. He can go um, to New York, but he should not be hoisting it. Absolutely. I, I think right now you need to be looking at Michael Penix and Bo Nix as your, your two favorites. Which um, means neither one will get invited because what makes sense yeah. never seems to work out. But Not at all. So, I mean, look, eh, at the end of the day, we'll see how that shape, that whole thing shakes out. But as far as the top five go, again, the teams are right. The order's wrong. Um, then he, I mean, this is kind of the, the storybook of, of every ranking since 2000. I mean... Heck, you can go back to 1999 with Oregon being a co-national champion or whatever it was, 98, with the, 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 the BCS era. So, yeah, like Joey Harrington being on the side of a freaking building for a campaign tra- or for a Heisman campaign t- thing, and then he, you know, not even that good. So I, I digress. But you know, it, it's it's been the storybook for forever. If right teams, wrong order. It just continues. It doesn't surprise me. My concern is that we see some Tom Fuleri once these championship games play out. Like oh, you yeah. mentioned, that one with 21-17 with those two teams, if Alabama beats Georgia, what are they going to do there? If Oregon beats Washington, are they both going to get shafted? And then what happens if Texas wins the Big 12? Where does that put them in the conversation with that win over Alabama? Like, there's a lot of mess yeah, that I mean, sorted out here. You have a team like Iowa sitting here that's about to play – the decide. I mean, just this the, the game in the big house determines who the who Iowa plays. Do they play Michigan? Do they play Ohio State? Who Iowa well, gets passed by? Yeah, but okay. So it's a twenty one seventeen game in the big house. Whichever team wins, that team goes on to conveniently lose to Iowa. Guess what? You're back in the same conundrum where you have a one loss Big Twelve team in Michigan and a one loss Big Twelve team in Ohio State. One's lost to the other, but the other one lost to an Iowa. Where like how do you rank that? And the fact it's going to be they're both going to be still in the top four because of where the current rankings are. There's no, you can't just push them out. And this is the problem with always having these rankings this way, is by putting a ranking out there, you now determine the future possibility for the next two weeks. The odds of a team dropping out from the top five because of a bad loss is a possibility. Slim doesn't really happen. I mean, if Alabama were in the top five, they lost to Auburn. This week, then obviously, yes, they drop. That should be an obvious. The problem with most of these teams are we're getting to the last game and then the championship game, and the championship game is against a team that's also in that top five or against a team that's nowhere in the top five, but the team that's going to do the game from the top five is undefeated, and the other team sitting from their division or conference is right there with one loss in the top five still, and well, now you're in a conundrum, so... I don't like it. I, I, I'll never have liked these official polls being the way they are. Uh, any man-made poll, any computer-made poll, I, I just don't trust. Um, 
it really just needs. I mean, honestly, you need to go to the the FCS pro, FCS system and look at how they do their rankings. Uh, I mean, it's a lot more balanced and a lot lot more fair. At the end of the day, this year seems about as clear as day. Pac-12 championship should get a spot. SEC championship should get a spot. Big Ten championship should get a spot. Even if somehow Iowa pull off that upset, heck, throw them in there at that point. They earned it. Then that fourth spot could be kind of the the quote unquote wild card where like okay the man made poll could figure that one out whether it's like Big Twelve champion Texas or if you throw in like one loss Georgia or something like that for example if Alabama slips by I'm like we'll give me the third one a wild card but those other three one those three conference championships should get or if Florida State does win the ACC then they obviously get that fourth spot but yeah and, and look and there's a team out there that has an argument to say that they have have a right to be here there's two teams actually there's Louis I'd also say they have a, have a right to be in this uh playoff conversation and and that's because they're a one loss team that's played against a bunch of sec caliber sec teams is a referee call blown call short of being undefeated in Tulane, and you also have the undefeated liberty team just sitting there just waiting in like the 18 to 24 range and these teams while they're not a power five team do deserve a conversation if we're going to be all's fair in the in the in the in the bowl era, then we should be considering these teams as possible placements. I mean, that's just if you're considering fair, because that's you know what this entire playoff situation should have been. It is supposed to create a more fair environment, not a Alabama slash Ohio State slash Michigan invitational. You know that you got to consider them. Well, I mean, right now in the four team playoff, you can't do that. So. Just you know, bring on the twelve team playoff already. I'm I'm tired of waiting for it. Just like immediate injunction. Put twelve teams in the playoff. You 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 get your way. You get your Alabamas. You get your Ohio States. You might even get an Oklahoma in the top twelve to be, be in a playoff. But then you also get a Tulane. You get a, a Liberty. You might even get James Madison in there. Um, you get the ways of the people who want Cincinnati and those other fun schools from that couple of years. Plus, you get your one. You get your blue blood diehards. You know, I like the idea. Make it the FCS playoffs. After rivalry week, screw the chip, the conference championship at that point. Whoever has the best record, give it to them at that point at the end of it. Don't make it like they used to do with the Big Ten, where it's just who had the best record at the end of it. And then just make, then see it have a 2014 playoff at that point. Where I mean, like, and then they, they can eliminate the week in between week 10 and 12. Like whatever week 11 is, whatever it's considered, it's not rivalry week because rivalry week is 12. Whatever yeah. week 11 is considered, just throw that away because that's the most teams' gimme game. It's just throw it. Yeah, we don't need a get right game in, in week eleven. Just toss it, trash it, move the season up a week. I'm I would be happier to not have an Iron Bowl right after the uh, right after Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays is it just gets destroyed by the fact that now two days later I have to worry about Alabama every year. That's um, I don't know. I know they yeah, do it because they get more butts in the seats, more people watching. It's a money thing, but screw it. I, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather them be in a playoff situation at that point in time, possibly. Sacrifice a regular season game, get get a full fleshed out playoffs. Do the FCS one too, where a bunch of teams get a bye if they finish. Like maybe the conference championship winners get a bye. Find a way to yeah. do that. There's a way to do it. Like, shit. Yeah. Find a way to make it happen. But speaking of which, we did mention it too. Rivalry week is coming up in just a handful of days too. You mentioned Auburn, Alabama. Crazier things have happened, but I think we're both kind of in agreement. It would take Hugh Freeze would have to be in his bag for this one. He'd have to be deep Our in his bag. I refuse to accept this. It's an Alabama easy win. Like we both are in agreement. The question is, do they do? Does Alabama cover? No, no, I am not. I am not agreeing. I I think Auburn actually is going to win this one. Oh, you um, did. Oh, I thought you were saying Alabama is an easy win. Okay. No, there's no chance. No, this is screw that. So you say. So, he, so, so here's the thing. Alabama never has an easy game at Jordan Hare. Right, so they have never won at Jordan Hare by more than two touchdowns, ever. Freezes in the bag. Okay. And Alabama or and Auburn has a winning record at Jordan Hare. Hugh Freeze, fun fact for you, at against Nick Saban total is a two and three coach. Against Nick Saban at Alabama, he's a two and one coach. Didn't know that. I found that the other day. That, that was pretty cool. Um, the odds are forever in Auburn's favor. They just had a fluky loss to New Mexico State. It is what it is. If you saw us on on the corner booth, Kevin and I. Who Kevin is a diehard Alabama fan. He's even concerned about this one because there's something fluky that happens at Auburn every time these two play. It is built on an Indian barrel ground. It's, it's a widely known uh, 
I won't say fact because it's not a fact. It's a, it's a rumor. But the weird things happen in that stadium on Saturdays right after uh, Thanksgiving. And I mean, we've seen miracles. We've seen kick sixes. We've seen absolutely any fluky situation you could possibly imagine happen uh, outside of, I don't know. Um, no, I mean, the band hasn't been on the field yet. That's the only thing. Don't rule it out. It could happen this yeah. year. Maybe that's his year stick. Like the the band has to jump over hedges to get out on the on the field. So, so that 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 might be the issue. Um, I don't know band if that'll happen. Could but... Hmm. Band geeks could be athletes. Yeah, that's fair. Or they might have. Uh, they go over hedges, and then it's if if they go right over the hedges, it's about a twelve foot fall. So I don't think they don't have to be smart athletes. Yeah. Uh, we've also seen a, a a mascot bite somebody in 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 the stadium because Ugga bit an Auburn player in Jordan Hare. So, um, no, but I mean, crazy things do happen in this stadium. I, I do think Auburn has a chance to win. It's going to be a close game no matter what. Um, Kevin liked to say it went into overtime. I don't think it's going to go that crazy, but I do think it's going to come down to a field goal at the very end of it. And the irony of it all, Auburn's kicker just happens to be the brother of Evan McPherson um, for the Bengals. So. All right, so there will be a wheelbarrow on the sideline for when it's time to kick that game-winning field goal. I will say, though, hopefully, if hopefully there's no mid-halftime uh, performance by Rihanna. We should be good if there isn't. I don't blame them honestly if there was, but I will. What I will add to that is, if they pull this off, you have to get a Auburn visor and wear it next week on the show, like like a Hugh Freeze. Done. If they pull this off, you, I, I might get an Auburn tattoo right here, dead center in my chest, just so I could pull my shirt like this, and it'd be an Auburn logo. Well, let me just hit record, download, and save. So a visor and a tattoo. I might. I might. The, the word "might" did start that. Did preface that statement. All right, so it's either the visor or the tattoo. One of them will be here next Wednesday. So those of you tuning in, oh, be no, sure. That, that I, I can't, I can't speed up Fanatics. Fanatics takes its own time. Oh, I will, I will pay for the expedited shipping. Like I will get that done. Doc, I tried to pay for expedited shipping on my last order, and they didn't even give me the option. I will hand deliver it then. I will find a way. But before we get out of the tip off here, oh, we do have a couple more games here. We'll we'll go through these next ones quickly because I know you're kind of itching for that main event. So we'll go with the, we'll go with the game: Ohio State, Michigan. You're leaning Michigan. I'm leaning Ohio State. Sound about right? Yep. Yeah, I think Michigan has an opportunity here. I don't rule out teams just because their head coach is suspended. I feel like it gives an unfair advantage to the team with a head coach suspended because, well, for some reason, players just play harder this way. If they like the head coach. If they like the head coach is the big stipulation here, and it does feel like Michigan players unnecessarily like Jim Harbaugh. I will agree with you. The Jim Harbaugh narrative is absolutely stupid, and it has absolutely no factor on this game in a negative way. If anything, it will have the positive factor, like you mentioned. I just think Ohio State, for the first time in the Ryan Day era, is actually playing defense for a change, and I think that can make just enough of a difference. The last couple of years, their defense was dog poop, as we saw in this game. So I think their defense will make just enough of a difference in that 21-17 BS game that it will be. And I think they have a few more offensive playmakers. I think it'll be close. It'll be ugly. We'll both be pissed the whole time. At the end of it, we'll be like, is this your king? This is who you're sending to the college football playoff, but I think the Tony, king of thirty-two teams in a in a conference. Yeah, exactly, and thir- with thirty twenty-nine tomato cans. Like either way, I digress, but yeah. I think that. So yeah, we'll see that. Of course, the underrated one that most people don't ever pay attention to, but actually has a few extra eyes on it. We got the Apple Cup, one of our OG favorites, Washington taking on Washington State, which. To be fair, it hasn't been much of a rivalry as Washington has dominated, like, I think, 20 of the last 21 or something ridiculous like that. Do we think you, you uh, Wazoo pulls off the upset, or are we thinking Michael Penix and squad will hold on? Wazoo's done some weird things this year. They are about as hot, as, hot and cold as it gets. Um, you just don't know what they're going to do. I, I do think this this one – I don't think that – I think they, they were too hot too recently, so I think this is the time they cool off. Um, I also think Wazoo's defense is extremely under, not Wazoo, but uh, Washington's defense, UW's defense is, is extremely underrated and people are not talking about it. And I think this is the time they're going to see it. If they actually watch the Apple cup. I mean, you and I, if you guys remember a few years ago, we did our best rivalries. That was one of them. Um, there's also another game that's played this week. That, is, and that was another one of those uh, team or rivalries that we mentioned where they're usually underrated um, and, and understandably so for a lot of reasons, but you know, Wazoo always does play tough. I just, I'm not concerned about the offense for either team. I am strictly concerned with the defenses, but more importantly, UW's defense takes the ball away. And if they can show up and take the ball away, I, I'm sorry, Wazoo, but they, this might be a dog walking at the end of the day. I know was I know uh, UW's defense can get had. I think it's a lot of the bend and but don't break. But they, as you mentioned, they get the takeaways and sometimes they can stitch up when needed, which I think is a 
People look too much into what Bo Nix and Caleb Williams did to those defenses. You, good luck finding two better college quarterbacks outside those two besides yeah. Michael. Oh, okay, so number three and number four in the Heisman race this year. Exactly. Okay. So it's like good luck. And I guess what Utah did, what Utah's just always flukily good against the top ranked teams for the most part, too. So and then the last one we'll take a quick look at. We're gonna go to these to we're gonna head right on over to the West Coast where we got Oregon taking on Oregon State, where normally this is a similar scenario. Normally it's kind of Oregon that you feel comfortable with, but Oregon State is underratedly good this year, was just ranked number 11. And kind of in the same scenario, if Oregon's not careful and looking ahead, look maybe looking ahead to that uh, Pac-12 championship game, they could get got here by their by their old rivals from Corvallis. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we talked about this on Jared's show. Um, the big, big decision for me of, of who wins this game comes down to where it's being played. Austin Stadium is a beast of a, of a stadium to play in. Uh, just did some more, a little more research on it just because I felt a little that like I didn't have enough details on it because there is something weird about Austin stadium. And it is the fact the way it's built, it actually carries more ability to retain uh, audio or to retain noise than any other college stadium. It actually is the world record holder for loudest college stadium in America. Uh, doesn't have the same amount of seats as everybody else, but those 35, 38,000 people that fit in Austin stadium, the way the stadium is built, it's called the Austin bounce. Um, is actually the scientific term for the audio uh, retainment abilities of that stadium. And mixed with the trees that are on the outside, it actually makes it for the loudest environment in college football. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing to do. Uh, you, you go from Reacher Stadium in Corvallis, which is a very open stadium, very new-age stadium, to Austin Stadium to play a bunch of freaks. Um, and, and, yeah, it's a tough thing to do. And I, I think Oregon... While they have a history of looking forward to games, I, I think this team specifically has an eye. They've already done done the looking forward to game um, and, and got beat by Washington pretty handily. I think this is going to be the one that we're just like, oh, yeah, Oregon for real. Bo Nix is going to – I think this is where Bo Nix solidifies his Heisman Trophy right now, personally. Um, but I, I think I think you, you have to solidify it in a game like this realistically. Um, so, yeah, give me, give me Oregon in this one. Um, gonna be a tight one but i do think bonex pulls it off at the end of the day i agree is i think oregon's defense is gonna be a bit of the difference make here i think bonex will score score his points oregon state i think is just gonna have a lot more it's gonna be more difficult for them they'll score but it's gonna be harder if that makes sense yeah. like they're 20 oregon's 21 is gonna be like bo nicks bo nicks just like cruising where oregon states is gonna be ripping teeth out with butter knives i think it's gonna be a little bit difficult for it's them. gonna be like listening to somebody try to pronounce dj ugalongalai's name the first time correctly and then you're just gonna keep hearing him and then eventually they'll say it right, and then they'll finally score. Like, and that's what Oregon State's offense. Oregon State's offense is not necessarily the most high-powered offense either. Um, very much a control-type offense. So, yeah, that's going to play a part in this. Oregon's offense will be spelling TJ. Oregon State's will be spelling Hujmanzada. That's a, that'll be the difference at that point. I think is how it'll be. Like, it'll still get done, but it ain't going to be easy. So, so those will be what we have for rivalry. Rounding out the tip off, the last quick thing we'll touch base on is. Former All-Pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard getting released by the Colts here as well too after six years in Indy and uh, it's it kind of, it sucks to get released in Week 11 but it kind of makes sense considering his play on the field and his contract were not equal to each other recently. Those injuries have taken a dent out of him. And at this point, he was getting benched this week too. Like his, so I almost feel like at this point they were almost doing him a solid. Like you're not going to play for us. The Colts linebackers are one of the few bright spots. Well. Yeah, one of the bright spots they have. Quarterback's not one of them, but linebacker is. So now Sha Shaq gets a chance to go somewhere to actually get playing time and maybe work his way back. We'll see, but it kind of makes sense for both seats. It, it just kind of seemed done at this point, too. Yeah, I mean, this is just writing on the wall at the end of the day, right? It's uh, It feels like, um, I don't know, it just feels like it was a matter of time. And, and it sucks because the guy is, we're talking about one of the most freakish athletes we've seen recently. A Should guy who was flying, year. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the guy who was flying around the field making plays we hadn't seen since Patrick Willis, and that's part of the problem is he was making plays like Patrick Willis, and Patrick Willis is also another guy who historically had a very under underwhelming career and as far as injuries go. I mean, he was beat up. It was a toe injury for God's sake that took out Patrick Willis. At least Shaquille Leonard gets to say it was his back that took him out, but it's six yeah. years of high powered football from him. Uh, well, I say four of those six years are as top of the game. Um, the last two, you just you saw him struggle, and it's, it's tough to watch. And I do hope he lands somewhere and can convert his ability to play into a more sustainable, um, you know, 
second half of his career. I just that that position, the way he he's played his whole life, it's hard to go from 100 miles a minute every second to okay, I can go 80 now and still be successful if I just play my angles. And and, and playing angles is a completely different story. Um, you know, not everybody can be like Brian Urlacher who can go from a, a mile a minute to all of a sudden playing angles and playing well at a 38-year-old clip, you know. It just doesn't happen as a linebacker. So uh, it's tough to see, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. And you kind of mentioned as well, too, the downside to the way he played is he was a he was very much the epitome of a playmaker. He made plays, the force fumbles, the interceptions. The downside that comes with that is you are a small, undersized linebacker on top of it, sitting at like 220 pounds or so. So when you lose that athleticism and that burst and stuff, you can't just be a run-stopping thumper. You don't have the build for that, but that's part. You can't just be stuck in there and just thump on against goal line. And in space, I mean, your boy Zeke was shaking him in, when they were in Germany. Your boy Zeke was shaking him in the open field several times. I think that was kind of the the nail in the coffin of we just can't play you, unfortunately. And the his biggest asset was takeaways, forcing turnovers. He hasn't forced one since January second of two thousand twenty-two, I believe it was. I think that was when they played the Raiders at the end of that season. It's been a long time coming, unfortunately. So it makes sense. It, best spot for him sounds like the Bears, former defensive coordinator, the head coach there. They can always – you never know. I think they're, I think that's a pretty good fit for him as well, get a chance to get back, get a little bit of it back, and you get to play with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, two guys that are more of thumpers in their own right as well. So maybe that maybe that's something that could work for him. Yeah, I like the idea. I mean, I'd love to see him – I'd love to see him have a resurgence in the second half. I think he's one of my favorite linebackers to come out recently, and tough to tough to always see somebody like that. I mean, he's nicknamed the freak for a reason. It's it's the maniac, but unfortunately, yeah, when you maniac. take the kind out of the maniac, there's only so much yeah. you could do. Like back injuries, they they'll end a career, they'll slow down a career at warp speed as fast as he took off. But I think that should probably do it here for the tip off. And you know, Kelsey, I've kind of noticed you started to liven up a little bit here. Is it because of the main event coming up, or are you having, a, or do you have some pharmaceutical enhancements over there keeping you alive for this <laughs> segment? Yeah, I, I don't know about pharmaceutical enhancements, but I do know Not Magic Mind has been Magic Mind has been working wonders. If you guys didn't check out last week's episode, uh, we have a new new partner here, uh, Magic Mind. I've long time been struggling with you know keeping awake during the days, uh, staying staying alert, you know, avoiding that. The fog, if you will, um, but most importantly, just staying awake in general. Um, struggle with it. I've, I don't sleep well. It's just part of who I am. Um, but I've been looking for alternatives. You know, there's only so much energy energy drinks you can drink during the day before it becomes overwhelming, and you're probably going to run some heart issues. Well, I reached that point finally in my life, so I was looking for alternatives. Uh, Magic Mind reached out to us recently. Um, has been providing me with uh, opportunity to test out their product. And you know, if you had, didn't see it last week, this is what the bottle looks like. Let's see if I get the light to work on it. Uh, this was today's bottle, little tiny green drink. Fantastic. I take it alongside what I normally do in the morning. Um, so I drink V8 energy drinks. I take it alongside with the, the V8 energy drinks just because they're cleaner energy. Um, and what it does is it provides a uh, uh, you know, sustained ba- energy balance. So instead of like four hours of energy, I get a nice eight. Um, here I am running off of quite a lot today. Uh, last day before Thanksgiving break for work and, <laughs> and somehow managed to make it through that without sleeping much last night. So it's, it's been helping out a lot. I've been using it for the last, uh, God, we're going on a week, 10 days. So 10 days total, uh, a little bit shy of two weeks. Um, did a full 14-hour trip to D.C. and back uh, in one day on it, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was an easy drive, um, easy experience. You know, it wasn't something like I had to go and soup up a bunch of energy drinks with it. it was, I had an energy drink. Uh, well, I had my V8 energy drink, the sparkling energy drink. I had the magic mind and between that and sunflower seeds, I made it pretty well through the day and a little bit of water here and there and called it swell. Um, it's been fantastic. As you, as I mentioned last week, you, you know, you're looking at things like lion's mane mushrooms in this matcha, um, B vitamins, ashwagandha, turmeric, T-thionine, and, you know, things for, for your stress management, for your energy, for cognitive processing helps out a lot. Um, Joe Rogan talked about on his podcast as, you know, it's not necessarily a nootropic. It's something very similar. Um, talk about a guy who knows his nootropics and Joe Rogan. I don't think I've heard another man mention it as much as he has. So, yeah, uh, definitely check it out, Magic Mind. Um, the link is in our bio here. It is Hilo20. We'll get you uh, 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with the code Hilo20. 56% off of a subscription. You get it delivered right to your door from Amazon. Absolutely fantastic. Um, 
I mean, God, you can't beat that. If anything I can get half off, we talk about Black Friday sales here. Man, perfect time to be getting that. And if you already have your subscription set up, it is valid for 20% off of a one-time purchase as well. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. That 30-pack subscription is is a beautiful thing. Um, and then, yeah, money-back guarantee. I cannot reinforce, reinforce this enough. If you do not believe it, if you do not believe it's working for you, all you have to do is reach out to Magic Mind. They provide a whole little handout with the information on who to reach out to. So be sure to check that out. It is one of the only companies who dabbles in what they dabble in. And then the screen drink and the energy supplement, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, drink. it. Nobody else gives you a money-back guarantee. So be sure to check it out. Magic Mind uh, website is magicmind.com slash high-low. High-low 20 is your code to get 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days. So be sure to check that out. I mean, honestly, I cannot complain. This has been an absolutely fantastic partnership with them, and I appreciate them even reaching out to us in the first place. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a match made in heaven, if you will. Absolutely. Definitely try that out. Get yourself nice, wide, and awake without doing a number on yourself as well, too. But this is probably Kelsey's favorite segment of the year we're going to do. We're going to combine two things that we love. We're going to combine a sports draft and Thanksgiving food. So welcome to the Thanksgiving draft here for the main event. The rules, we're going to be putting together a five-piece meal here, five-side Thanksgiving dinner drafted. The rules will be as followed. There will be one major protein, two side dishes, one dessert, and then one flex, which could be just about anything you want that is non-dessert. So it can't be a dessert, but it could be just about anything else. And Kelsey, I can see. I, I don't know if that's the magic mind or if it's just this topic, but you right now you seem to have lit up like a Christmas tree, even though it's not even time to start celebrating Christmas. I think we have talked about this every year we've had a Thanksgiving episode. I love Thanksgiving. It is one of my favorite holidays. It's one of the few holidays I've always had positive memories of. I mean, goodness, at one point in time, we had a running joke in our family about shooting peas across the table because we would. it happened one time by accident. Somebody had peas in their mouth, or and they ended up shooting them out of the nose. We were making people laugh so hard. Um, and since then, it has become a running joke. Um, we still believe that is the world record for pea shooting out of your nose. Um, unintentional pea shooting out of your nose, but it did fly across a 12-foot table and land right next to my grandma, um, who was sitting on the opposite end of the table. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, it is one of my favorite holidays. Lots of goofy stuff the, the family gets up to. Um, but yeah, it'll and the food. I mean, God, how many times can you eat like a glutton and not get complained? Not 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 be judged. Very few times in, in in a year. So you get two times here at the end of the year. You get Thanksgiving. You get Christmas. To me, Thanksgiving is the real meal meal day. That Christmas has its own convoluted. Uh, meetings it's very much turned into a hallmark holiday in a lot of ways so this is the one i get to celebrate and i will every single year well no one's gonna stop you from shooting that shot so what we're gonna do is the only other rule we didn't mention is there's no overlap so if you pick something i do not get a chance to pick it is a true draft in every sense of the world which means we're gonna have to see who shoots and who scores first so we're gonna go ahead and break out this here we're gonna call this the kelsey coin if you will so kelsey we're gonna have you go ahead and call it uh, you're going to call it to decide who goes first. If you get it right, you go first. If you get it wrong, I go first. So three, two, one, call it. Tells. All right. So it looks like DJ will be going first on this one. So I'm going to begin. I'm going to actually take a little. I'm going to go straight for the dessert. I'm going to take pumpkin pie right out of the gate. Oh, we're going to oh. go. Ahead. We're going to go with arguably the. The, one of the more staples that you will find. So we're going to knock out dessert right away. Pumpkin pie, whipped cream optional, depending on who you are and whatever other toppings you want to throw on it. But good old classic pumpkin pie. Yeah, I feel like there also needs to be, we also need to mention this because we talked about this a little bit. Uh, there's no duplication, obviously, but there's also no... There's no order. So you can take any there's position. No, there's also, yeah, there's no order to it, but there's also no, like, I can't take a double layer pumpkin pie because you took a pumpkin pie. Like, I can't even take an alternative version of pumpkin pie, which kills me. Because it's not even regular pumpkin pie. I love it. It is very much uh, double layer pumpkin pie, which has a cream like cream base and then pumpkin on top. It, it's a fantastic thing. Um, but that's a, that's a heartbreaker that you took that first. We left a little bit of leeway. Luckily, we didn't say no pies in general. So you could still take another type of pie if there's one. That you, we didn't go too stingy with the rules. So yeah. at least there's a little opening there. But I'm going to I'm gonna go and I'm going to go out the banger. I'm going to grab my quarterback first round and just get it rolling. All right. Well, at least I get back to back picks here. I will take that every day. It's a snake order as well, too. So, like, so it's gonna go me, you, you, me, me, you, you. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with the staple. I think the staple of every quality Thanksgiving meal. If your family knows how to cook, they know how to do this well, and that's turkey. None of that dry, grainy, gross turkey. 
No, a high quality, juicy brine 24 hours to 48 hours before the day, thawed out perfectly, cooked, whether it be in a Weber kettle like we cook it in our family, in the oven with a proper brine. Maybe your family deep fries it. Either way, it's a moist, beautiful turkey. The skin is crisp. Ugh, to die for. Um, yeah, I, I got turkey is 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 my number one draft pick just because I'm 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 heartbroken the pumpkin pie was off the off the board, so I have to recover here. All right, so you 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 didn't get the quarterback you wanted, so you're gonna protect the quarterback you do get with that with that big, strong, muscular left tackle. Absolutely, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm protecting him uh, for sure. Um, now, my number two pick, I'm going with the only thing in the world that I've yet to experience a bad version of on Thanksgiving dinner. I've yet to experience anybody give me a bad version of this. That's why it's my favorite side item of all time. It's a staple. It's a simple one. Uh, I'm gonna include a little little. Um, modifier to it just because it usually comes with it. Uh, but that is mashed potatoes and gravy. Ooh, he's getting that fancy tight end that runs a 4-4 out of there, I see. Yeah, no, I got to go mashed potatoes and gravy here. I feel like mashed potatoes are just that one thing that no matter what, no matter what meal you've ever been to, Thanksgiving meal, I don't think anybody's ever screwed up the mashed potatoes. And if they have, I have a lot of questions. But more importantly, why were you even in charge of cooking the potatoes? This is the person you should have asked to bring the solo cups. Um, but you know, look, I've yet to yet to have anybody mess up the turkey or mess up the mashed potatoes in my life. So that is where I'm going here with my number two pick. I, you know, maybe I'm just going too easily down the line. Um, but you threw me for a loop with the pumpkin pie, so I'm trying to recover the top end of my draft, and I'll, I'll worry about the desserts here later on. So what I'm so what I'm hearing too is with the mashed potatoes, I feel like you either make them good or you make them great. There's not a wrong way to yeah. make them. No one screws them well, up. Some people just really yeah. make them better. Worst case scenario, you pull them out of the bag as the little dried bits, and you make them by the, the 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 box. What it says, you just add a little more butter, and guess what? You have a quality mashed potato still. Throw a little bit of seasoning on there if you want to be like that. That could work too. You don't need to, but sometimes you could be like that's, that. Hey, look, you gotta spice things up. But I, I know like, that's tight end catching with one hand when they could catch you with two. That's all it is. And then also, I throw in great. I throw in gravy because I did have the turkey there, and and turkey gravy is one of the best things ever in my opinion, for Thanksgiving. I don't use it past Thanksgiving. It is quite literally only used that meal. So if there's any leftovers, it just kind of goes in the trash or we give it to the dogs. But like, yeah, turkey gravy with the mashed potatoes is a fantastic addition. All right. I like it. So you got that big left tackle and you got a security blanket tight end. So your quarterback's looking pretty comfortable right now. We took the quarterback with pumpkin pie out of the gate. Now I'm going back to back since we're in snake order. I want my quarterback to be able to step up into the pocket. You took the big, strong left tackle, so I'm going to take the left guard. I'm going to go with the oven, the properly brined as well, for 24 to 36-plus hours. I'm going to go with the chicken, like like a rotisserie chicken you make from home, where you get the crispy outside and the juicy inside, where you can kind of have a lot of fun messing with the chicken legs as well too. But we're going to go with, we're going to go with the guard since the tackle was taken. We're going to go with ourselves a very properly well-done chicken with this one. Now, just so I'm clear, you're talking not chicken breasts. You're no, talking, no, talking full-on full, chicken. The whole thing where you can pry the leg off and eat it like a Viking. Like, we're going the full oh, oven. Thing. Interesting. I got to be honest, this, that's a new one for me. I, I don't really dabble in the chicken, the whole chickens for Thanksgiving. I, I like it. I, that's usually a Christmas meal for me. Uh, more of a Christmas idea for a protein. I do like that, though. That is a very creative. It's alternative for, for, those, of them, for those families that cannot cook a turkey. I feel like this is a great alternative. Yeah, man, you might be winning this draft. Crap. I say that as there is a brining chicken about three to five yards back there in the fridge right now after being properly brined earlier today. So that's going to be ready to go tomorrow because, yeah, I don't I don't need a full-size turkey for two for two and a half people. Like, I don't need a full-size. A chicken will Well, let's, let's be honest. Brew himself could eat a whole, whole turkey and chicken by himself. There's a lot of issues that will come with that, including the smell. And that's why he that's why he gets the half. Like, he, he could eat it, but we're not letting him do it. We're cutting him off there. It's just... We won't get too far into the dog things. Anyone who's been around a dog fully understands. Just picture one at the bottomless pit as a stomach. That's that's him. Yes. And the ability to the ability to hurdle over a car for no reason. But I digress. Now, but it was as we kind of talked a little bit about earlier too. I got the guard. I got my quarterback. I want to give him a receiver, but I'm talking about like a receiver that can get open kind of quickly and win jump balls. So we're gonna go with stuffing, but not just any stuffing because not everyone likes sausage stuffing. We're going to go with a turkey stuffing. So it's not the turkey like you took, but it's turkey flavor stuffing. Since some no, people that's are. the best stuffing in the world. I I agree wholeheartedly. So um, we're going to go with turkey stuffing 
if that is allowed and if that's not crossing over the the no, line. No, no, no. I think stuffing in itself is it is is going to be should be turkey flavored and it should be whatever you're you're normally putting it inside of. And for the average household, it is turkey flavored stuffing. I don't think very many people stuff a ham, so I think you're good. And that's um, what we're doing. Sausage, if you had said sausage stuffing, though, I would have been a little confused because that would have been the first time I've ever heard of that one. Really? Okay. I've heard of it before. And I, it's not too bad, honestly. But I think I, I'm crossing poultries here a little bit, which sometimes has an underrated value with it, which is why I'm getting the big fast receiver who maybe needs a little bit of help running routes like Julio Jones here. But I think once you just get them out on the field and let them be them, they'll develop those out routes. You just got to put the ball in their vicinity. So we're going to take <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take the stuffing here to go along with our oven roasted chicken. Here's my question to you. Stuffing or dressing? Yes. No, there's a difference. I mean, come on, there's a difference. There's there's a difference, right? Oh, I thought you were saying I had to pick one. No, I mean, oh yes, you are picking one. Which one of them are you picking? Preference. Preferably, I'm going to lean towards stuffing. But if someone said we don't do stuffing, we do dressing around here, I'd be like, cool. Yeah, I mean, so if those those of you who don't know, dressing is just cooked outside of a yeah, not cooked in the turkey or in the animal of your choice. It is just cooked in a open pan. Um, and a lot more crispy, uh, usually a lot drier um, as well. But that's why I lean in stuffing if I have the choice. But like, if you tell someone says we only do dressing, then it's like, fine, we'll get the receiver who runs a four four instead of a four three. Darn. A tip for those that don't do stuffing and do dressing: um, throw a little chicken broth in there, and it will vastly improve. Or if you have leftover juices from the turkey, throw that in the in there as well. Um, so okay, that is my question as well, though. Is do are we going to caveat dressing with stuffing in the same grouping, or are we are these two separate things? I think I say we call it good. I mean, you know, we just got a cooking with Kelsey segment during the dinner draft, so you know we got plenty of alliteration going on. If I'm cool with dressing being separately, okay, all right. I'm not going to take it, but I did. I, I it's, it was a consideration for who I'm going to take here, um, but I'm not going to. I'm I'm going to leave this one alone. I'm probably gonna commit a sin here. Oh and what I mean is I'm committing a sin in something that is similar to my other pick, but sweeter, way tastier, comes in a dish as well. Um, sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows. Brown Ooh. sugar on top with the marshmallows. Ooh, I, you know, mar- as long as the brown sugar is there, marshmallows are a, you know what? I, I can do with or without marshmallows as long as the brown sugar is on top. I'm good. But yeah, sweet potato casserole with the brown sugar on top, bare minimum, bare minimum. That's a good one. That you know, you didn't get that first overall pick quarterback, but you got a darn good later quarterback that might have a pretty strong career and is going to a better situation. So you know what? I like that pick. That that's a that's a really good one. I didn't even think about that one. That's a and that's for your dessert spot. No, no, that's that is my alternate. That's my second side. That's your second side. Okay. Yeah, that's my second side. That comes out before. That comes out long before the dessert. Since you said since you threw in the marshmallows, I had to check if you were going oh, with a little bit unorthodox. Southern folk love their uh, marshmallows on top of the sweet potato casserole. So it's fair. That's why I throw it in there. Just had to make sure. Uh, all right, so I like where we're going with this. Yeah, so so all right. So far, I have two sides. I have my mashed potatoes uh, and my sweet potato casserole. And then I have my main with turkey. I have a flex spot and I have a dessert spot open. I feel like I can get my dessert spot no matter what. I'm not worried about losing that. So I think I think, I think we're good to go another round without saying that. But my flex, I'm a little worried I'd, I'd lose my flex here. Um. And like with all good meals and Thanksgiving meals, you have to have not just potatoes and not just meat. You have to have a quality the quality quality vegetable mixed in there. So for my flex, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a quality vegetable, um, one that I recently stumbled on, and my family's been making fun of me ever since because I never tried it as a kid because I was like, you know, it's green. Um, I apologize, but it's bacon wrapped asparagus. Ooh, those are that's a good one. That's a sneaky good one. Yeah. Bacon wrapped asparagus. I swear to God, family started have been making it for years, and I was like, mm, it's asparagus. There's green there. I don't want it. Uh, mind you, I'm talking about the same person who made fun of somebody for shooting a pee out of his nose. Um, so yeah, like uh, yeah, asparagus, you can't shoot out of your nose. It's not as fun. But it when it's wrapped in bacon, it becomes way more fun than anything else. I was also torn my flex. I thought I thought about going with the second protein, but this kind of does cover both because you get the bacon mixed with the asparagus so uh but yeah no i think this is one of the more underrated vegetable sides um and it beats taking a like basic green bean casserole into into the mix because it might be taking might be your next pick it's a staple in a lot of people's meals not in my family personally with with the the green bean casserole but 
um, for this one. Yeah, I think I think the fried asparagus is what sets us apart a little bit from that basic staple meal. Absolutely, I like it. That's a really good one. That that that's a dude, that's an underrated good one. I'm a big fan of that one. So asparagus, you know what? That, I feel like that gives you. What do we want to call that? Do you want to call that like the slot receiver for your team right now? Like some, like just something reliable, get first downs, turn it forward. I think like I think that forward. one's yeah, that one's my under under underrated reliable slot you know receiver. I think Sweet Potato Castle. I think he's my that's my main receiver out there. Or you know yeah, I'm saying that's my main receiver. I think my mashed potatoes is my high quality tight end. You got my turkey is my my offensive line, just powerful, strong. Um, so, you, so your desserts can be your quarterback. We're just gonna yeah, see. Yeah. What you're building around it. You're building around it. You're building the system. I like it. So, yep. So, we're in snake order. I got my last two picks here. Obviously, we got the chicken for the protein. We got the, that's going to be pre treated kind of like my guards. I got the pumpkin pie. That's going to be the quarterback. That's my Anthony Richardson, my CJ Stroud, whatever you want to call it right there. And now we got a couple more I'm going to get into here. The first one I'm going to go with is you mentioned it. I'm just going to go with it. It's all reliable. It's that you can't really miss. It's the simple running back, basically, that just runs fast and is a big strong running back we're gonna go with the green bean casserole get something green in there get something simple i just like that as well too now the last one it's gonna be with that, by the way I, I needed to say i I, did, I said it like there was something wrong with it the first time and there's nothing wrong with green bean casserole if that's part of your family's traditions by all means when personally I just, right, it was it was never part of my traditions when it's done right it's right. really good but it's something it's the opposite of mashed potatoes people can screw that up and when they screw it up it's like nope or you have seven different variations of it with like because people, because people, you don't, you there's some people you don't know how to how they cook, and you're like, well, I'll give you something that's easy, but also like we're gonna have multiple variations. So you give those guys the green bean casserole, and like they show up with seven different green bean casseroles. Exactly. It's like as long as you like, there's ways to screw it up, like people putting raisins in potato salad and things like that, and some people <laughs> do do that. But more when it is done right, it, it hits completely differently. So that's gonna be that pick. Now my fun luxury pick here. This is my, uh, I got the running back, the quarterback, the offensive lineman, the receiver. Now I'm going to have a little bit of fun. This is just my, you know what, if he pans out, he's DK Metcalf type of pick. We're going to go to my flex, and we're going to go with slightly burnt bottom rolls where you, where you could slap butter on them. You could They are very versatile. You could throw a lot of different things on them. That can include croissants if you're kind of on the same thing like it. So we're going to go with rolls here to go round out as my fun flex option. I, I feel like this needs to be specific. Toasted rolls? Are we talking toasted? Like you put these bad boys in the oven type of rolls? In the oven with a slight burn on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Not okay. black burn, but like just a slight burn. That's a that's an underrated pick. Uh, question: Does your family have a particular role in which they enjoy it, or is it like a yeast roll? Is it a potato roll? Is it a Hawaiian roll? Like, do, do you have a specific, or have you guys covered the gambit? Yes, the gambit has <laughs> been covered. It is all of them and some. Yeah, uh, we're we're potato roll uh, family, um, and it's yeah. nothing against yeast rolls or or Hawaiian rolls. But they so they ran out of the Hawaiian rolls. It used to be the family tradition. They ran out of the Hawaiian rolls one year when we first all the family was out out in the south, um, and so Publix ran out. And so they were like, "Well, what about potato rolls?" And so we've been stuck on the Publix potato rolls ever since. You know, if there's a Publix around the corner, I might have to go try those now. It doesn't sound half bad. They're actually, pretty good. I got <laughs> I got to say, they were pretty good. All right, so you know what? I like the way your team shaped out. You started with the dessert with pumpkin pie. It's a great starting pick. You got chicken, you got stuffing, particularly turkey stuffing, um, which is important to know. I didn't know if sausage stuffing was a thing, so I'm glad you actually were specific on that. Uh, green bean casserole, staple in every single family. If they're done right, they're done fantastically. And toasted rolls. I, you know, I love that idea. Um, I, I was, I considered toasted rolls as my side, but I was like, I feel like I can do better. Um, just because it is such a simple staple, people overlook it. But honestly, I think about it, and there's always my plate, and there's always a roll with my plate. Um, although my fam- my mom did start making biscuits recently, uh, some buttermilk biscuits, and I gotta say, that's not bad. But I still love me some potato rolls because most importantly, that next day's lunch. When you make the sandwiches of either turkey or chicken or whatever you made, it oh yeah, yep. So, um, right, so Mr. Irrelevant for the Thanksgiving dinner draft, the pick is yours, uh, my friend. Mr. Irrelevant slash might be the best pick of my draft so far. Um, just because there are multiple different variations of this. So depending on how your family goes about it, um, maybe there's a lattice top to it. Maybe there's a nice little sugar lattice top. Maybe you you just cover it with a, another piece of dough. Maybe you have fancy little flowery cutouts in it. Um, maybe use one style of, of, of this. Maybe use multiple different variations of the fruit. Um, but I feel like I've tried to allude to this enough without saying the word. It is apple pie. Uh, I know this is, you know, the the 
the I uh, the hot dog apple pie joke about summer in America, blah blah blah. Man, there is nothing better than an app a warm apple pie as a dessert in Thanksgiving. And you like you have you have the the perfect suppleness of a pumpkin pie, but then you have that nice little bite of an apple pie. And I think if you use multiple different apples, so if you use a green apple, a red apple, um, you know, a combination of the two, Fuji apple, I think that's where you get the best apple uh, pie from. And my mom has a, a re- she uses a recipe with multiple different apples. I think it's three different variations of apples. Oh, it's so good because sometimes you get a sweet bite of an apple. Sometimes you get the tart, Granny Smith. All in all, it's in a warm, beautiful jelly bath that is the apple pie. Honestly, that sounded a little weird to say it out loud, but you know what? It's so good. It's making my mouth water. Um, so yeah, apple pie will be my final pick. And I don't care if you take a German apple pie. I don't care if you take a regular country apple. Um, you know what? All apple pies are a 10 in my book. Do you throw whipped cream or yogurt or anything on them, or do you just keep them raw as they are? Oh, I whew, absolutely throw <laughs> throw some whipped cream. Um, sometimes ice cream, depending on if we have ice cream available. If it's still warm, oh, throw a little. Th- so uh, my grandma's a caramel ice cream fan. Um, she found a local uh, Blue Bunny caramel ice cream. Throw that on top of the already warm apple pie with a little bit of whipped cream. Oh, oh, be unto me, my my lord. It is fantastic. It is, um, yeah, one of the best best things you ever put in your mouth. Um, and I will stand by that. <laughs> uh, but I do love me some pumpkin pie too. So I do still think that is for me. Pumpkin pie is was was my primary dessert option. Um, apple pie was my backup, but it's because it's a safe, easy backup. More people love. I feel like more people love apple pie than pumpkin pie, and that's blasphemous. But it is what it is. I feel like it. I feel like more people like to be outspoken against pumpkin pie than there is apple pie as well. So I think most people like both of them, but people that don't like apple pie are loudest. They're vegans, basically. They might as well be yeah. that. They have to let everybody know they don't like it, just like vegans have to let everybody know they're vegan. Yeah, no offense right. to the two vegans potentially watching. I also feel like that sums up my entire lineup of dinner. Turkey, you can either have it fantastic if, you, if your family knows what they're doing. It's fantastic uh, protein. But then, I mean, alternatively, there's a lot of families out there that don't know how to cook turkey, and so they end up dry and, and grainy and gross. Um, mashed potatoes, I do still think that is one that you cannot mess up. I feel like that is the staple of all staples. Uh, if you've had a bash, bad mashed potato experience, please let us know because I am so curious to know how they how they mess this up. I would like to see it being made, please. Yeah. Did they make? Did they, did they add buttermilk instead of milk, or like what did they do to mess this up? I'm really curious. Um, did they add skim milk or something like chunky yeah, like, milk? Like I'm trying to figure it out at this point. See, here's the thing: even adding skim milk, or maybe even like um, silk, the the silk milk, the almond milk that's flavored, even that can add an extra little flavor to it. That's like, mm, wow, I wasn't expecting this. This is really good. But chunky though. Yeah, the chunky part yeah, might yeah, be that, emphasis on the chunky. Yeah, that might be the issue. Um, sweet potato pa- casserole. I feel like some people love it, some people hate it though. So. I don't know, just what it is. Asparagus, I think a lot of people overlook asparagus as a possible side item for Thanksgiving, but bacon wrapped asparagus specifically is where I went, and I think that's just top tier. Um, if you know, you know. And then, yeah, apple pie, like you said. People are outspoken about it. I like it. I think what I did with mine, too, is I picked a couple staples, obvious ones, but then I threw some of those curveballs that people don't, that they don't, that they might overthink until they actually realize. Like, obviously, pumpkin pie and stuffing, two of maybe the four biggest staples you'll find at Thanksgiving. Throwing in the chicken instead of the turkey because you can get that in not 17-pound increments. So if it's yeah. maybe for two and a half people, you don't have to get the full turkey. Oven it'll require four days of defrosting beforehand. Exactly. You don't it doesn't have it doesn't take arm doesn't take surgery to figure it out as well. Or less likely chance of doing it wrong as well, too, for one example. Like some people do the turkey. Then you of course throw in green bean casserole, another one of the staples, and those slightly burnt rolls as well. So let us know, everyone listening in, go ahead and let us know in the comments or one of our socials who had the better Thanksgiving dinner draft and who do you think would win in head-to-head as well. Or do you just kind of want to make both of them and put them together and have the ultimate 10-course Thanksgiving? So that's the case. Let us know and invite us over. Ooh, and yeah, that, and that, that, yeah, that's not that sounds absolutely glorious. But I, I will say I think before we before we let him go, I do think as far as the day after meal, I think yours wins, hands down. Uh, because you have the role, so you can have <laughs> a sandwich built in. Whereas I would have to supply my own bread. I mean, you can go. That's fair, I guess. I, that, that's fair, I guess. So we'll see. We'll have to see who wins the day of those well, too. So let us know in the comments or in any of the social media platforms who you think won this year's Thanksgiving dinner draft. But that's going to do it here for the dinner draft in the main event. And 
that's lead us into crunch time. And for crunch time, that is brought to you by outlier.bet. Go to, go to Hilo, outlier.bet backslash Hilo Sports. Get yourself a free seven-day trial. Bet smarter, not harder. And Kelsey, I don't really have a whole lot for a crunch time today. Just thankful for everyone listening. Thankful for everyone who spent some time talking about sports with us these last four years. And hopefully many more to come. And hopefully everyone enjoys the holiday with their family, friends, and loved ones and everything in between. Yeah, no, thankful for you know you you and I are still doing the show together. Um, <laughs> thankful you once convinced me that maybe we should just do this finally and stop trying to be perfect about it and and just do it and we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, thankful belly up depending on who you talk to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah thankful for belly up for giving us the opportunity to join the network uh, after you know our time with Unhinged. Shout out to the guys at Unhinged, um, still doing their thing strong, uh, having a fantastic time, especially Jim over there with the NAL network, uh, Zach doing his thing with NAL as well. Um, and the USFL uh, doing a great job. Um, you know, shout out everybody we've 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 met along the way. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, specifically, thank you to our sponsors: uh, Magic Mind, Seat Geek, Outlier. Shout out Colorcast guys who got us really our, our big start as well. It's been a long, uh, a fun four years so far, and, and you know, hopefully, like I said, more to come. Um, lots of lots of great things in the works for next year. Um, lots of great friends. Lots of lots of great contacts we're gonna meet and who knows maybe maybe next year you might find us over at a convention somewhere uh in the u.s might might actually venture out of our houses once in a while um to, to show our faces but maybe we'll see go and check out the fantasy football expo next year where hopefully i don't injure myself but thankful <laughs> that i survived that but that's gonna do it this week for the Hilo sports podcast we appreciate y'all for joining in and we'll see you all again next time also love you mom